Welcome to the Custom Culture Rodcast, brought to you by Car Culture Deluxe and Old School Rods Magazine. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sitting here with Murpho and the real Mrs. Murphy, Charlie Murphy. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out about our last episode. It is with Mosh. She is an artist. She is a model. She is everything. She does burlesque. burlesque. She did, Yeah, dude, she's every kind of facet you could think of. With about the modeling side of things and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. It was awesome. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Murpho, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Deuce. It is great to be back. It is indeed. It is indeed. And this beautiful Irish weather outside, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Piss and rain here in Central Texas. I forgot my park. <laughs> we need it. Yeah. We have a sailboat, something to get home. Charlie, how are you today? I'm doing. With uh, all the rain, is... I want it to stop raining. <laughs> I got stuff to do. So, y'all, today we are going to talk with Tim Matthews. He is the museum curator. That's a hard word for me to say. Curator <laughs> of the Speedway Motors Museum of American Speed. I mean, if there's anything, I got chills already. Talking about <laughs> right? It took all three it's seconds. Like- Revving up just yeah. saying the name. Muscle dude. cars, baby. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a cool episode. You know, we uh, we got a chance to meet Tim in person in Tulsa mm-hmm. at the uh, Starbird show. And we uh, had one of our issues with us. It was the um, 106, 106, where we got to um, see some of the stuff they're up to at Speedway with a tech article and some breaks we're going to talk to Tim about. Yep. And then on the newsstand right now as we speak is Rods 108, and it has... 108 or 107? 107. 107. My bad, my bad. 107. Old school Rods. Just getting excited, you know. But um, <laughs> I'm like, no, but it is the it is the Speedway Motors Museum of American Speed featured in Rods 107. Man. And this is going to be cool. Dude, the, the pictures in, in, the, in, this, in this magazine, man, just the cars and the, the detail and the cool... Just cool shit, man. I mean, it just oozes cool. And this is it right there. Tim, you on the line? I sure am. And what a pleasure it is to be with you guys. <laughs> I, I had so much fun meeting you all in Tulsa. And we were in our element around really great hot rods. And, and to talk to you now is just a real pleasure. Glad to yeah. be here. Man, awesome, thank Tim, you, man. Thanks thank for being you. on, buddy. Yeah, the um, the Starbird show was something. It oh, was, was great cool. to be back at a show with all the craziness. But uh, what a great turnout. All those cars that were competing in the fine nine and yeah. the center stage there you know that was a all great the show. cars really i mean all the cars that were there they brought something to the table you know yep and it, even if it wasn't the fine nine cars there were some hand-built cars that were just amazing there were some cars that were worth a fortune you could just tell they were like covered in gold and then you had another guy that just got i saw the guy at the at the hotel he just got done wrenching that thing he was covered in grease wearing the overalls looked at me <laughs> smiled winked and drove right to the show hey tim uh, I, I love it i, yeah. I know you're I like a, a real traditional hot rod lover what what do you see at the starbird show that you liked man i'm kind of right there with you i mean there were some really high dollar cars but you know the cars that always appeal to me are the cars that look like they could have been built in a two-car garage by a guy that just had a lot of passion and and not a lot of money in his bank account but he had a lot of ambition those are the cars that really make me happy i mean there was a 64 dodge altered wheelbase car that the guy you know he built it himself you know he had a big nasty uh, 440 in it with mm-hmm. a with a hillborn injector and he uh-huh. fired that thing up made all the babies cry i mean that thing is killer that one really sticks in my mind and then there was a couple who drove their four-door uh, 50 merc uh you know very first time they headed out and they they brought it to that show i think they said they drove it like 200 
some odd miles, not knowing if they would make it. And, you know, she was telling me that she built the car herself. Her husband just kind of gave her moral support. She did all the work. And I thought, man, that's killer. You know, I just love stories like that. Absolutely. When you're coming out of the barn, man, you got to be committed. That's it. That's oh, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. As soon as that thing goes in the drive, man, Hail Mary's and off you go. There man. we go. <laughs> no windshield awesome. wipers. Who cares? Who yeah, cares? Yeah, do it. Going. <laughs> yeah. Do the squeegee yeah, on the So there was good stuff there. And you know what? That was the first time I'd ever been to that show. And, you know, we, we have this great relationship with Daryl Starbird and, and to go there and see him. And, you know, he was in his cart kind of rolling around and, and people acted like he was the godfather. You know, he'd come up and be like, oh, man, a Starbird. And, you know, they would want to shake his hand or talk to him. And, you know, it would take him like four hours to get from one end of the, the arena to the other because so many people wanted to talk to him. But what a crazy three ring circus. Like that was the first time I'd been there. And there's everything at that show. Yeah, I mean, it was everything. so much fun. There were so yeah. many cars there. So I mean, many cars. I, I don't even know. It, so interesting fact, I forget the square footage of the place. It was like 440,000 square feet or something, but it's the largest freestanding non-center supported building in North America. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. What, like, I was telling me that and I'm looking at him going, you got to be kidding. You, you know, there are no interior beams in that thing. There was no posts. And, I mean, you know, it was all yeah. just there. Yeah. Yeah. And incidentally, if any of your listeners are bicycle racers or we're into bmx as kids i was into bmx big time and walking into that building i'd actually raced at the tulsa bmx nationals in that building oh. hey. so i got like you know goosebumps you know walking into that place but then to see it full of cool cars that just man that's over the top <laughs> that's yeah. so cool man that was a good it was a great show great show so so tim is the actual museum curator yeah what it sounds like is going to be the baddest job, right? Yes. <laughs> hey, so Tim, tell us, tell us, you know, tell us all about the museum. Well, you know, for people that haven't been there, you know, it's really hard to put into words exactly what it is. And even if you go to our website and you look at the pictures, I was just talking to uh, one of our folks today in the office, and I said it's really hard to portray kind of the shock and awe that you get when you walk into the place in pictures you almost have to experience it but it's a huge place you know it's 150,000 square feet wow and it's it's oh. just three stories tall mm-hmm. and it's growing we're, we're making plans you know it's really we're so fortunate to uh, be expanding the museum especially during this time when a lot of museums have been struggling uh, we seem to be thriving and and we're so fortunate for that but we're building onto the museum we're looking at adding another 90,000 square feet to the to the place because there's just so many stories to tell and there's so many good cars out there uh, that have historic significance and that's exactly what you'll see now, I think a lot of times when you tell somebody you have a car museum they kind of think of the roadside uh, barn that's full of cars that's like they're like door handle to door handle <laughs> and you know you don't really get a lot of the human story but you know at our museum uh, not only do you have the cars presented in a really artistic you know, kind of a tasteful way, but you try to tell the human story behind the cars because it's that story of struggle and triumph and, and, you know, building something with your hands that did something really cool. And that's what we really try to tell the story of, but also sticking to our roots. You know, we've never gotten into, uh, uh, you know, high-end Ferraris or Delahays or any of that, you know, it's about American speed, you know, the big three, uh, you know, grassroots racing, drag racing, things like that. But then I guess, uh, just to continue, a little bit from that uh, we are a collection of collections so if you come to the museum 
you're going to see a lot of automotive-related art. You're going to see uh, tether cars, miniature gas-powered racers. You're going to see a lunchbox collection, sculpture. You're going to see all this crazy stuff. You know, you're going to see it. The, probably one of the world's best pedal car collections, uh, vintage pedal cars. So there are all these things that appeal. So no matter who you bring with you, even if you're, uh, say you bring your girlfriend and she's not really into cars, I guarantee you she'll find something that sticks with her and, and uh, she'll find really interesting at the museum. So that's what we try to do. Man, That's so awesome. so how how long has it been, and uh, how many cars? You know, the museum became a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization in nineteen ninety two. I like to say that it really started probably way before that, uh, when a great guy named Bill Smith. Uh, who is the founder of the museum, he and his wife, Joyce, started collecting things that they just liked. I mean, they're the ultimate gearheads, you know, so if they saw an old cylinder head, uh, an overhead valve conversion for a Model T engine at a garage sale or a swap meet, you know, they were buying that thing, you know, when <laughs> nobody else wanted it. And uh, so they were collecting that stuff early 50s, you know, maybe even into the 40s. And it, the collection kind of grew with the business. So as things, uh, uh, you know, were doing well, uh, selling automotive parts, and they had some extra money, they invested it right back into the thing that they loved, uh, which was uh, car culture and automotive history. So it really began in the 50s, if you want to, if you want to say that, and, yeah. you know, as far yeah. as <laughs> Kind of the second part of your question, you know, how many cars we have. You know, I've kind of lost count. I think at any one time we have about 250 cars on display. Uh -huh. uh, you know, we have over 650 engines on the floor what? at any one time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, oh, we're going, dude. We're going. Oh, dude. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, so it's, it's great. I mean, I'm going to hang a hammock right between those engines and just sleep like a baby <laughs> in there, man. So interesting, cool fact, right? We were standing together. Do you remember the guy came up and he approached him and he asked him about that intake yes yeah and and it was so cool because tim was like man you know i gotta tell you like as much as i'd love to have this cool old piece i i, I got them yeah, i got see, like three of them and i'd rather see it go on a car you know i don't know if you remember that tim when when, when i do yeah that guy said hey i got this intake here and you turn around and he goes man i'd love to have that but i have three of those already what you should do is is go on and find somebody who needs that part and put the damn thing on a car, you know? Yeah. That's rock. so true. And I, I really believe in that. You know, I think there are parts that are that are old and that's what makes them cool. I always say old is gold, especially when you're building a an old uh, traditional hot rod and yep, yep. and uh the museum is really interested in obtaining things that are pertinent to automotive history, but at the same time we don't want to be hoarders. You know what I mean? It's like if we already have an example of something uh, and, you know, maybe we have to, uh, I would rather see some person have that on their hot rod. You know, they'll build the whole car around an intake if they have yeah. a cool enough intake. I mean, that's yeah. what I did. I it's mean, true. I, man, I fell in love with an old Edmunds two deuce for a 241 red Ram Hemi. And holy cow, I had to go find an engine to go with the intake, you know, and that's what started the whole thing. What, and what so, is that car? It's a little 29 Model A on, on deuce rails, and yeah, it it's uh, just it's kind of a bare bones hot rod, you know. It's, the size it's just of my uh, boot, and I love it. Wood, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wood floors, you know, and all this, and it, but it was built, you know, in my driveway, and you know, I love that car because every part of it has a story, you know. Every part came from somebody I care about, or you know, it had some kind of history to it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I love, and you know. Yeah, you know, um, when we were there in Tulsa, you and I started talking a little bit about one of the things I I bring up and talk about quite a bit, which is the idea of how to 
perpetuate and put hot rodding as we know it into the hands of the next generation and um, how we're going to get these cars to go to these kids, you know, that probably feel like they could never own or get, you know, a car. I mean, you go to a 17 or 16 year old kid and say, you want to, you know, get like a, a 32 high point or something. It's like, oh, I, I wish, you know, but right. um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing, man. But the museum, I think probably would be great to bring kids to. <sighs> And like have them get exposed to the whole world, right? My boys oh, for sure. And you know, it's a great it's a great place to be inspired. You know, they they always say, you know, bring kids to museums. And I've always been a huge advocate of that. You know, we love our hardcore, you know, adult museum visitors. You know, the guy that has the ISKI T-shirt on when he walks in the front door. I mean, those are our those are our core visitors. I mean, we love those guys and gals. You know, but. Uh, but to have a family come in that really doesn't know anything about this world that we all love uh, and to see young people say, holy cow, you know, this stuff was built before cell phones and computers and it goes fast and it's cool and, it, you know, it makes me feel good about myself. You know, I, to me, that that's what it's really all about. And if we can just light that spark in one one young person, you know, we've we've won. I mean, because right. I agree. to put the cell phone down and to, to go out in the garage and want to learn how to use a tool. Sure. You're going to skin your knuckles. You're going to make mistakes. Somebody's going to make fun of your car. Who cares? You know, like just do it and you'll feel good about it. I mean, that's what we really have to try to push. Uh, Miss Charlie and I had uh, the opportunity. We got invited to go see a dear friend of our of ours, Penny Pichette. She had gotten uh, into, inducted into the uh, the Hall of Fame, the Hot Rod Hall of Fame there. And at the dinner, you know, they made a pretty big announcement about the Starbird Museum and what's going to happen to that collection one day. Yeah, and I can talk a little bit to that. You know, we're, we're just so proud because we've known Daryl going all the way back you know it's been 25 years maybe that we've been in communication uh with daryl and and daryl and bill smith knew each other really well you know and and bill smith the founder of the museum founder of speedway motors always had a huge admiration for daryl and i think the reason is is because they both lived in the midwest during a time where if you you wanted to get your car in a magazine or you wanted to get your name in a magazine, you almost had to live in California, uh, you know, because that's where all the writers were and that's where everything was happening. And uh, Bill noticed that Daryl was doing an amazing job getting uh, press in, in all these magazines, and he always admired him for that. And so fast forward uh, to, to today, and you know, Daryl and his wife uh, have been running their museum for a really long time, and the big question mark was. You know, what happens, you know, in the future? Because you don't want to see something like that go away. You want to continue telling Daryl's story and, and the story of, of custom car builders. And you know, one of the cool things, I'll just kind of make this point about Daryl's museum and about what Daryl does, unlike other museums, Daryl really wants to give the credit to all the other people in the industry. You know, he talks about himself, sure, but if you go to his museum, He's really given credit to the people he admires. And so Bill's kind of doing that with Daryl, you know, to say, you know what, when, when the time comes, when you decide that you don't want to run your museum anymore, we're there and we, we're going to join with you. We're going to continue telling your story, showing your cars and, and teaching people about who you are and who you were. Man, I think that is like the coolest, the coolest thing. Man, I, I got chills like crazy. That's a great. It's so nice to see that that's happening, though, man, just to keep it, keep it alive, keep it going. Right, you know, it's, that's fantastic, man. Hey, hey, well, it's just about respecting the history. You know? It's exactly right. That's exactly right. Knowing the history and respecting it, absolutely. 
We have really enjoyed, you know, our relationship, the magazines, with Speedway and the stuff that we've been able to do with you all thus far. And you guys have helped us with some tech stuff. And the one I want to talk about in particular is um, the cool drum brakes that you all had come out with. And I think you had quite a hand to play in making that happen, right? Well, you know... As, as people find out, you know, when it comes to building parts, it's really a team effort. And we're so lucky at Speedway Motors. We have so many people on staff, just true car people. They clock out, you know, at the end of the day and they go home and they work on their own stuff. And, and so they're hardcore. They kind of get it. And, uh, you know, one of the ideas I had because I was working on my, uh, my little roadster I love Buick Finn drums. I've always loved them. I just think they look cool. I mean, I really like Kenmont brakes, but I need to rob a bank to have a set of those on my car. Uh, so <laughs> Buicks were like the next best thing, right? So, uh, and finding Buick Finn drums, you know, first and foremost, they're kind of hard to find. If you find them at a swap meet, you know, they're not cheap either. And, uh, you know, then you have to go through all the work uh, to kind of re-drill re, uh, the, the drums for the right, you know, stud uh, spacing for like the early Ford hubs. And, and there's a lot of work that needs to happen to kind of make them work. And when I first got my Buick fins, I thought it'd be simple. So I started looking around the web and, and found out that there were 50 different ways to mount those on my car. And uh, so I ended up getting it done, but I thought, you know, it'd be great to have a set that was available that would go right on an early uh, Ford early Ford pattern. It just slipped right on the the available uh, reproduction uh, uh, front hubs uh, that go onto a Ford spindle. So, you know, we started talking about it, and you know, we had a great guy named Josh Sullivan at Speedway Motors who who got behind the project and said, "Yeah, Tim, I think this is a good idea." And uh, you know, we wanted to support our core hard you know kind of our traditional hot rod uh followers too and give them a part that would make a difference so i guess i'm a little long-winded but you know it was just a team effort so proud to see those drums out there and they work great and it takes all the guesswork out of out of having a good looking traditional break uh so you don't have to go hunt down the old parts and make them work they look fantastic yeah, yeah. fantastic really cool i i think they're awesome i'm hoping that we're going to get some more tech stuff from absolutely because their stuff is so cool everything's yeah. cool man everything is you know one of the cool things that we do at speedway uh you know as far as the employees is you know i do this all the time so i'll have my car in the garage and i'll buy a part at the parts counter and uh i'm putting it on and i think gosh darn it you know i should be documenting how this part goes on and kind of the process of making it work. yes please so, and send it to me yes <laughs> well yeah exactly so what speedway started doing is allowing all of the staff members to do that. And it's kind of an extra benefit that if you show someone how you put on a part that you bought here at Speedway uh, and you write a little article about it, you know, that helps everybody. I mean, it helps our website. It helps the, the end user, uh, you know, so uh, they get a little kickbacks, you know, from that. And it's just kind of a nice employee benefit that you can uh, use that to help buy more parts for your car and kind of keep keep yourself busy and, and keep your car moving forward. It's awesome. And Miss Charlie's not kidding, man. You know, we um, <laughs> could use tech. Uh, our mm -hmm. readers, you know, they love tech. They love tech. tech. Can't, mm -hmm. we can't we can't get enough tech so mm -hmm. i would Good actually like to put more tech in in rods and ckd but we just don't get it we need it yeah mm -hmm. we need it yeah we we try and create some tech here in house at murpo's mm -hmm. um and we we probably are able to put something together you know once a month or something but it's just not enough mm -hmm. you know yeah this stuff is so cool in the 
the imagery, imagery is really well is really well done for the tech article. Even the imagery for the, I had the best time picking out the images for the the museum feature. Um, <laughs> How could you do it? I mean, it was really hard. Dude. Was. <laughs> <laughs> the job is always it's a really hard job. Picking out imagery for the magazine takes so many hours. A lot of people don't realize that. I I literally go through every single image that's sent to us. I hand select each one that goes into the magazine. So it's, it's super hard, but I think one of my favorite features to like look through, um, the imagery is, as you can see, freaking sick. Um, as much as Tim was saying a minute ago, like seeing it in the magazines, it's, it's not as cool to see it in person kind of thing. Right. But I, I want, I want our readers to know, like these images are so cool that, you kind of feel like you're there in a way. I was like, when I seen these images, I was like, I want to go here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want to go here. I want to go see these cars. The lighting on these images are insane. I, I'm trying to remember who took the photos. Does it say babe? Yeah, he's, he's a guy that, that I'm so blessed to have him work on my team. His name's Jason Lupkin. Yeah. And uh, if anybody out there is listening that needs a photographer, don't call him because <laughs> I, I want to keep them all to myself. <laughs> he's, That's he's not so cool. fair. <laughs> I know. So yeah, I told him this little story. I said, so I was at Tulsa and I walked by the old school rods booth and somebody said, excuse me, are you from Speedway? Cause I had a Speedway shirt on. Mm-hmm. And so I turned around and these beautiful girls you know they're (laughs) just beautiful at this booth and i'm thinking yes well i am from speedway and yeah my name's tim and they're like they're like no no we want to talk about your photographer jason so i told jason uh about this and and i said i thought maybe they cared about me but they didn't want to talk about me they just wanted to know all about you we want to know uh, who did the imagery yeah for sure (laughs) yeah they're amazing um i would urge anybody who is interested in the speedway motors museum to go and pick up rods 107 it's in stores now on shelves it is crazy sick the cars the imagery yeah everything yeah. i love you, it i'm glad you did it because if i picked that up that magazine would be as yeah. big as war and peace it's it was like, really hard I actually, i'd have every picture i'm trying every to remember i believe i extended this feature it is extended, it's extended yeah. because i had such a hard time i want it there's so much to see there like honestly what we have in the magazine does not cover probably half and of it. like tim said it really can't do it justice no, I mean, as beautiful can't. as the pictures are and as much as it no. captivates you and grabs you and says come to see me yeah you know it's it can't it's be the same thing to, we we need to go we need to go we need to go yeah. I agree. well and you know we're so thankful for you guys because you know you really help us extend our reach and and you know this podcast even and and the magazine you know to me those magazines especially are kind of a tangible thing that doesn't really go away i mean mm-hmm. I, you know, with the internet it's it's a little bit fickle in a lot of ways because what you see today you could try to find it six years from now oh, you might have a tough time i know where if you pick up a magazine you know we collect these things at the museum i think we have hot three copies of hot rod going all the way back to the beginning as as well as a lot of other uh, mag automotive magazines and you know there is something wonderful about having something tangible and you won't want to miss this this particular issue i mean it's it is really beautiful i had a chance to see it and i'm just so proud i mean it and what you guys did is really awesome so thanks man, for that and thank you man you know you're helping us look good mm-hmm. um i'm looking at charles ad that we have uh and it's really cool it's like it's yeah, you know you ad. you you can even check out their ad and go you know that's that's brilliant that's a badass truck too by the way mm-hmm. just saying yeah yeah that's, that's that thing is red 
<laughs> I, uh, we've been talking here with Tim Matthews, the museum curator of the Speedway Motors Museum of American Speed. And I'm here with Murpho and the real Mr. Murphy, Charlie Murphy. And I'm Double Deuce. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. Hey, y'all. This is Double Deuce, the voice of Custom Culture Broadcast. Do your part to keep print media alive. Head on over to MurphosPublishing.com. You can subscribe to both magazines, Car Culture Deluxe and Old School Rods. Do your part, as everyone should. Keep print media alive. Subscribe today. The Custom Culture Rodcast, brought to you by Old School Rods and Car Culture Deluxe magazines. We are here at Murpho's Rod and Cousin Shop in beautiful Buda, Texas with Murpho. Hey. The real Mrs. Murphy, Charlie Murphy. Hey, hey, hey. Myself, Double Deuce, and we have Tim Matthews on the line, the museum curator of the Speedway Motors Museum of American Speed. Tim. American Speed. Rocco. (laughs) Hey, man. So, you know, before we went to break, I was going to ask you some more about your personal passion, Hot Rods, and uh, tell us, man, like, what, what hooked you as a kid and... What do you got, and what do you, you know, tell, tell us more about, about your, your crusade with hot rodding. Oh, boy. Well, you know, it, it kind of goes all the way back. You know, I wish I could say I was somebody that came into cars all by myself because those people are out there, and I respect them a ton. And uh, we need more people like that, especially in the future. Uh, but kind of looking back on my life, I was born in South Dakota uh, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, you know, in Madison, South Dakota. And, you know, they still had old cars laying around. And my dad was a circle track uh, racer. Uh, and But he was also really into old hot rods and, and tri-five Chevys. And the cool thing to do was watch American Graffiti and, and uh, you know, do burnouts and, and uh, you know, get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, growing up, you know, with a dad. And my dad, incidentally, had me pretty young. I think he was like 15 years old, 16 years old when he had me. So it was like kind of like having a friend more than a dad. Uh, But, you know, obviously we've had such a wonderful relationship my whole life. And, you know, he was always in the garage and I wanted to be just like him, you know. So I had an old Cadillac pedal car and I'd be laying uh, Bondo on it while he was working on his 56 Chevy. And, and, you know, so I have great memories of just kind of being a garage rat, you know, uh, just wanted to spend all my time there and, and wanted to be with my dad. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of what started it for me. And then, uh, you know, my dad being kind of a racer wanted me to be a racer. So he got me into BMX racing at a really early age. So I started racing BMX bikes and, and always loving cars, always kind of helping my dad with whatever, uh, projects he had, but we didn't have a lot of money. So my dad would always pick something up, fix it up a little bit and sell it. So about the time I fell in love with something, it'd be kind of going down, the road and <laughs> broke my heart you know so i thought anything i ever buy i'm going to keep it forever which uh you know so now kind of fast forward i you know i i uh went to school to be an artist i thought i was going to be the next michelangelo so i uh i i really i i had a talent in art you know drawing and, and sculpture especially so i i started learning how to do metal casting and i cast a lot of bronze uh, art and uh, I, I was going to become a professor of sculpture and and so I was accepted into the master's program at the University of Nebraska and I just flat ran out of money and mm-hmm. 
So uh, I needed a, a summer job, and at that time it was forbidden for a graduate student to have a summer job. Uh, you had to stay in the studio and, and, and make sculpture all summer. But I thought, I'm going to break the rules, and, and I, uh, I went over to Speedway Motors, and uh, <laughs> I said, I just want a simple job. I want to sort bolts in the warehouse because I'm only going to be here for one summer. And uh, they said, well, you're overqualified to sort bolts in the warehouse, so we'll put you in our call center and you can take people's parts orders. And I thought, well, that's fine. I can do anything for one summer. you know. But what I found out is being around a group of people that was into the same things that I was about making things, building things old cars you know when you told them you dragged home an old ford body out of the tree grove everybody got excited for you <laughs> whereas if i worked at a bank wouldn't have been that way you know what i mean they, they would have been like what's a model a ford and who cares right but uh <laughs> but i found out that i really loved the people i was working with and i wanted to not let them down so i i worked harder and uh you know it was just so much fun. I decided I'd never go back to school again. And I'll, I'll never forget telling my parents, you know, hey, guys, you know, I, I think I'm going to stick with Speedway and, and keep selling parts because I think this is a lot of fun. And, you know, they said, you're you're crazy, you know, all that work you've done to kind of get to where you were. And, uh, you know, and I tell this story because if anybody out there is listening, I think everybody kind of comes to these crossroads in life where they think I've failed you know, I, yeah. I set out to do something and now I'm doing something completely different. And maybe it's not along the lines of what my education was, uh, but you felt in your heart that it was the right thing to do because you loved it. And that's that's kind of how it was for me at Speedway Motors. I, I loved talking to customers. I loved solving their problems. I loved hearing about the cars that they had that I couldn't afford. Uh, <laughs> but I was kind of living vicariously through them at that point. Uh, but what I found is if you worked hard and you loved what you were doing, everything else kind of took care of itself. Before I knew it, they were asking me if I wanted to move up and do different jobs. And I just attacked every job the same way and worked at the business side of Speedway Motors for uh, you know, about 10 years before I moved over to the museum. And I've been with the museum now almost six. And uh, I've loved every minute of it. It's been it's been a, a lot of fun. And, you know, along the way, I guess you could say since I was five years old, I've been around old cars and I've been buying and selling, always trying to get a better car. You know, now if you come into my garage, you know, right where I'm sitting, I'm looking at a 34 Ford five window coupe that I didn't think would ever <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever have a car like that, but you know, and people will come over to my place and say, Tim, you know, how do you get a car like that? And it's like, well, let me tell you, I've had to work my ass off and trade like <laughs> 78 times. And you know, it's like, you just keep trading up and then eventually you get the car you really want. And, and so uh, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a couple of cars now and, and uh, you know, but it's all started the same way. Just, uh, you know, really modestly you know buying cars for five six hundred bucks and you know trading up and buying a little bit better car and and uh, so now i've got a nice little 34 that's just a project I, I haven't touched it really it's just a car that came out of a barn that had been sitting since the since the 60s and and then i've got a 40 ford coupe that uh again a car i never thought i'd ever own and i didn't Man. think i'd be lucky enough uh <laughs> man, those are like <laughs> way up on the ladder run yeah well it's uh it's stuff that you know you just never think you're gonna have the chance to buy but i'll tell you it's still out there those cars are still around and what i found is if you're a nice person and you treat people with respect uh you, you'll be surprised what kind of opportunities come your way and mm -hmm. uh, sometimes if you have one old car somebody will come up to you and say hey 
I know where there's an old car like that. And then before you know it, you're going to some crazy barn out in the middle of the country <laughs> and, and uh, finding your dream car, you know. So it's, it's kind of funny how that works. Pearls of wisdom, kids. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Tim, have you uh, had one of your cars uh, featured in the magazine? You know, I, I haven't. I, my Model A Roadster was featured, uh, they actually featured it in a Speedway parts catalog in the center uh, section of the catalog, which I was really honored by. You know, yeah. I said, gosh, guys, my car isn't painted. You know, it's just kind of bare metal and, you know, it's a little rough around the edges. But, uh, you know, I was just honored. So it's never been in a magazine, uh, it, it's, but it's been around a little bit on the on the web. And, and uh, you know, I get really great feedback from it. I think one of my greatest honors was uh, Ken Gross, who used to be the curator at the Peterson and has done a lot for traditional hot rods. You know, he called me up and he said, hey, I saw your car in the Speedway parts catalog and I think it's really bitching. And I'm like, wow, you're Ken Gross. You know, I just want to pinch myself, you know, that made me feel really great. And I think anytime I can give somebody good feedback about a car, I try to do it. You know, I I think the common mistake a lot of people make is they, they try to, you know, they nitpick people's car because it's not their vision and they'd say, oh, I'd do this different or that different. But you know what? None of that really matters. I, I try to just tell people what I love about their car. And, and because, you know what, it's hard to build a car. And, you know, when you get it done, it's such a feeling of accomplishment. I mean, a lot of people that nitpick people's cars, they're people that have just piles of parts in their garage and nothing to drive, you know. I mean, it's like, just get her done, you know. So right. uh, that, that's kind of how I've always felt about that. But so I guess to answer your question is, yeah, my car, I just got it on the road, my little Model A, and, and it's just I've never enjoyed anything as much as driving the thing. It's just it's cool. No windshield, so you get the bugs in your face and all of that. It smells <laughs> bad, and, uh, you know, you stink when you get done driving it. My wife hates it, uh, but uh, it's it's awesome. I love it. Well, we um, – <laughs> We we're all you got our interest peaked. We really now like I, I would really like to see no, pictures of your car. We do, man. Yeah. So be, be <laughs> sure be sure you send me some pictures of your of your cars, I'll please. Do it. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, you know, I I uh, I got to speak with you in Tulsa, and I was kind of asking you that because I I guess I mean it's pretty close. Like right, your your cars in that catalog, and I imagine you have several copies of that catalog with your car in it that you're never giving up. For sure, but I, I have an extra one for you. I'll send you one. Okay. Ah, nice. That'd be great. <laughs> you know, when we talked in Tulsa, I was sharing with you how we kind of got here with the magazines and how Miss Charlie kind of perpetuated us going into the world of publishing. And, uh, you know, after we got involved and learned the, the publishing business and everything, we realized that we were kind of, you know, really ending up here with a purpose, which was to perpetuate like print media being something that sticks around, you know, for next generations, future generations, for people to have the ability to continue as car guys in particular, to see their cars in print. Um, And that's why I was asking that question, man, you know, because it's just like nothing else, like having a car in a magazine and your car you built, you know, what have you. I mean, it is, it is the thing. And, and me as a car guy, I don't ever lose sight of that. Uh, my wife, Charlie, as a model, you know, being able to be featured in one of these magazines. I mean, it's just really, ultimately, you know, that's why we're here. This is why we're doing the podcast. This oh, is why yeah. we're busting our butts to, to, to support the magazines and do everything we do. Is because we just want to keep the experience and the opportunity alive. And I um, totally agree. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, yeah. people used to always ask when I was a sculptor, they'd say, why do you want to go through all the work of casting a sculpture in bronze? I mean, it's a it's a pain in the ass to do it. I mean, you had to create a mold and you have to create wax positive. Then you have to create a sand mold around that and melt the wax out. And, you know, after a year of your life is gone, you've got this uh, bronze casting. And uh, the reason is, is because you want something that's going to live on after you're gone, you know? And, and uh, you know, that's the same way with print media. I, I think, you know, when I was a kid in South Dakota and I couldn't afford to go buy things new off the newsstand, but you know, every now and again, my dad would, you know, bring home old hot rods that he picked up at a swap meet. And, you know, you'd page through a 1964 hot rod and you'd see Don Garlitz and Ed Roth and, you know, all these guys that, you know, now you just kind of, you know, them by the back of your hand. But when that's the first time you experience them, it, of course, they're, they're long gone. The times, you know, changed, but, you know, to kind of have that window into the past, that's tangible. I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, as a museum, we're thinking about, you know, what do you do if, if print media goes away? Because, uh, you know, how do you how do you secure that uh, uh, the stuff that's happening right now so the future generations can see it? I mean, right. it's hard on the Web. Right. It, it, is. it is. It is a capture of history. That's one of um, my biggest and, things is, is that, that it's so easy on a computer to look at something, you turn it off and that thing's gone. Yeah. But it's like what you said yeah. earlier, Tim, is that, that you have people coming through and they, they're ta- you're talking tech about something. Go, oh, wait. And you grab a magazine that's 17 years old and you open it up and go, this yeah. is exactly what I'm talking about right here. Here, read yeah. this article. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And you got mm-hmm. it. And that's one of the reasons why we want to get more tech. You know, yeah. I, I'm thinking about it like, Tim, man, I'm so envious that you were born into hot rodding like you you grew up as a kid exposed to this i am thinking back how i like kind of got hooked on cars a little later you know like 15 i somehow got hooked on muscle cars and like they just you know like the coolest thing they captured me and i had to do that but you know i'm thinking about is like the magazines like from from days gone by i mean that's how you learned that's yeah that's how you that's how you learned it all you know Absolutely. And, you know, incidentally, some of those magazines are etched into your brain. Like there are a couple, you know, hot rod magazines that I remember buying brand new as a teenager uh, when I did have a little bit extra, you know, money from my parents or my grandma. It was my birthday or something. I'd go buy a hot rod magazine. And, you know, there was uh, there's one in particular that has an old bullet nose Studebaker on it. It's painted pink and it's all looks like an Easter egg, you know, but I saw that car in person at a car museum about three years ago, and I damn near cried because I remember memorizing that Hot Rod magazine. Mm-hmm. And to see the car that I fell in love with as a kid, you know, now I would never paint a car pink. You know, I mean, it's just that's just not my thing anymore. But at that time, that was what was cool, and I, I really wanted to kind of just be a part of that world. And and you know, having that magazine in the museum, I sometimes pull it out and look at it and have a lot of great memories of you know those early moments of. of wondering what hot rodding was all about you know um i'm just thinking like in high school man i'd go to the library and i'd go to the library and i'd go and i get all the car magazines they have yeah. all the car magazines in the library and i go and like stack them up and just go sit in the library and read learning stuff you know and you you just like tim oh, saying yeah. you imprint that in your brain and then you learn how to do something go do it to your car you know so um yeah man we just don't really ever want to see this go away well, and that's why I think it's important for your listeners. You know, it's 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 really cool to find stuff out on the web. It's it's like data at your fingertips. It's really easy to get and to sift through. 
but to go to a newsstand and pick up a magazine, uh, by doing that, you're, you're not only preserving history, uh, you're helping out people that really care uh, you know, about the history. And, and I think uh, what you're doing is really, really awesome. And I, and I just want everybody out there to support that. And, and, you know, it's not a lot of money to buy a magazine these days, you know, and, and it does a lot of good. So I, I think you should do it. Absolutely. Yeah, our big, our big mantra is keep print media alive. Keep, mm-hmm. print, keep print media, media alive. alive. It's important, and it is. And you, you hit the nail on the head, man. You are preserving history when you buy a magazine. You don't think about it as a kid. You just got to go and pick it up a hot rod mag, and you're, you're sitting down and bullshitting and looking through the thing going, cool. <laughs> you don't even think about it until, like you said, 20 years later, you see that car, and you have that magazine. You're like, going, what? That's fantastic, you know, and I, I, I love that, man. Yeah. It's well, great. yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, sometimes people will come to the museum and they'll say, hey, you know, Uncle Joe died and, you know, he had all these car magazines and, you know, we were just going to throw them away. So then you look at your archive and you're like, gosh, you know, we have three copies of every one of those that are in mint condition. But I'm still of the opinion that I can't let that stuff go to the landfill. Like, mm-hmm, I would exactly. rather repurpose it, give it to a young kid coming through the museum for free rather than see it go to a landfill. Like I just need someone else to experience that magazine. You know, it's just, so, yeah, I, I, I love it. And, and I hope it stays around forever and I'll support it and continue to support it as long as I can. Yeah, that's awesome. And you never know who that kid's going to turn that, out to be, right? That's like, exactly right. You know, yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I was just going to say that same thing. You never know who that kid walking through there when you say, hey, man, I saw you thinking thought about this. Take this magazine home with you. Free of charge. Take it. Read mm-hmm. it. And you know, you know, 20 years later, that kid might be knocking on your door saying, hey, that cover on this magazine, that was me. And the only reason I did this is 20 years ago, you handed me that magazine out here. I mean, it's yeah, a whole ripple, sure. ripple effect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I totally I, agree. Man, we could go on and on. I, I think we're about to get get our cord pulled here. We are. Um, we're we're hey, getting down to the nitty gritty. That's for sure. Tim, man, I just wanted to tell you um, that we really appreciate you, mm-hmm. and that uh, I would really like to stay in touch and you know just kind of keep up with you and all that you guys are doing. And love to see your cars. And we have to go. We to the know museum. we're going to come and yeah. see that museum. Maybe we can do another episode while we're there or something someday, man. But, oh, man. Um, when, you, when you guys come out, we'll give you the VIP treatment. We'll buy you lunch and make a day of it. I mean, it's, it's a lot to see. And, you know, we just got the Ed Iskandarian Roadster at the museum. It's just some really killer stuff. And it's changing all the time. So you guys have to come out and, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen. We're going that's, to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, man, so, you know, and here before that time or whenever, we'd, we'd love to uh, invite you to come back on the show again someday. I think that uh, we could probably talk to you for another few hours. Without right? a so, doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt, man. <laughs> and you guys are always welcome down at Murphos. Check Absolutely. out all our cars. We've got... I would love How it. many cars, babe? Right now, 34 cars in the shop right now. 34, it's, yeah. What? Yeah. That's killer. <laughs> yeah. That all, is killer. Something's going on with almost every single one of them right now. Yeah, yeah so. we have a... He was saying the 34.5. We have a 34.5 window right behind our, yeah. our do, glass yeah. right here. And it's beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. The glass man, is I'm out. It's out. It's, it's, right, it's in that middle stage, you know, we where... Oh, it's beautiful. We have our roundup um, event. Um, this we'll usually have it in April, but because of COVID, everything got switched around. So roundups in September. Have you been to a roundup before, Tim? I have one of yeah. my favorite shows. Yeah, well, I love it. We if you're have, out here, yeah, we have a big after party at the shop, and we're mixing in this year our pistons and pinups with our 
uh, roundup after party. So it's a huge event with lots of cars, bands, and girls, and yeah. Oh, that sounds oh, like oh, heaven to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of, I could get in trouble. At a <laughs> so, hey, hey, Tim, why don't you, people who want to, like, we know that the museum is in um, Lincoln, Nebraska, but why don't you give us the address, tell us a little bit about it, how they can connect with you and the museum and everything you got going with social media and everything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, thanks for that. You know, we, we are located right in the heart of Lincoln, uh, so we're really easy to find. Uh, we're right on the Speedway Motors campus. So not only is the museum there, but the giant warehouse that sends out, uh, I should say one of the warehouses that sends out parts all over the world uh, is right there too. So it's kind of like Disneyland for car people. Mm. Uh, it's just a great It's huh. just a great place. You know, we're always looking for talented people to to come and join the team so you know if you're if you're a car lover uh and uh, think nebraska is great because you love winter and snow uh, yeah. <laughs> i don't know if that will appeal to us texas folks we, we experienced yeah. one winter storm and we were like never again guys right. <laughs> oh man yeah i had to i had to go there but no it's, it's great you know it, our address is 599 oak creek drive uh, and we're really easy to find and, uh, you know, come see us, you know, and mm-hmm. if it's a time we're not open, give us a call. You know, we'd really try to, to make an effort to get anybody who wants to come through the museum, through the museum. And, uh, it's just great to see. We have a very active Facebook page, so you can find us on Facebook or check out our website at, uh, Speedway Motors Museum of American Speed.com. So. And your, your Facebook page is? It's uh, Museum of American Speed, uh, which uh, should pop right up for you. It's the longest title of any museum, but it, it, <laughs> it works in telling you exactly what we are. Uh, you won't see any uh, in fiats or anything like that uh, in the museum. You're, Only hardcore American stuff. Your Instagram is the same, right? The Museum of American That's Speed? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. And thanks for mentioning that. That's cool. exactly right. Yeah, man. And let me tell you. I got a computer next to me right now, and I'm just slowly scrolling through these cars. And my arms, I got my hair sticking up on my arms. I mean, just, it's, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's cars, cars, and more freaking cars. And I absolutely love it. And the engines, bro. Oh, it's fantastic. So, all you people out there, you've got to check it out. Go on, go online, go on Facebook, go on Instagram. Uh, look up, it's the Speedway Motors Museum of American Speed. And uh, we've been talking with Tim Matthews, our museum curator. Tim, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you very much. Oh, this has been a fun night. I won't forget it. I hope I can come back. All right, man. <laughs> hey, thank you again, Tim. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. We'll talk to you soon. And by the My way, all, pleasure. all of you people out there, go on our social media, hit us up. At the Custom with a C, Culture with a K, Rodcast. Brought to you by Old School Rods, Car Culture culture Deluxe Magazines, every time. Every time. (laughs) Um, Keep Print Media Live. Hit subscribe. uh, Hit the sponsor button. Hit five stars. And if I see you out about in Austin, I'll buy you a pint. I'll buy you a beer. All right. You're yeah. going to have to after that one, dude. dude. I, it's never ended. That, that was rude. I know it. All right. One of these days, y'all, I don't know. It might be the 112th episode. I'm going to get this son bitch right. Yeah. And all of y'all are going to fall over in a dead faint. He's going to go, wait, what? This is why we love you. Oh, that's why I should keep a mallet here on the table and hit myself <laughs> in the head with it. Anyway, we, ladies and gentlemen, Murpho, the real Mrs. Murphy, Charlie Murphy, thank you guys very much for uh, 
showing up today and listening to our our broadcast. Anyway, y'all, thank you all very much, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Good night. Tune in to Custom Culture Broadcast, brought to you by Car Culture Deluxe and Old School Rods Magazine.